pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 230. Today I'm going to chat with Colleen Noir, discuss San Jose's new gun ordinance, highlight new guns chambered in 5.7, and talk about Chinese censorship in cinema. I'm your host, Ava Flanell, and Colleen, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. I just spent like the last five hours in the design studio picking out things from my house, which was I mean, it's really cool. It's awesome that I have the opportunity to do this, but it's also like exhausting. Bear with me because I feel like I'm just already mentally exhausted. I mean, you being in a design studio sounds very Ava-esque. So. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> I'm then not, I'm not surprised. You know what I realized? I have really expensive taste. <laughs> no. Really? Yeah. So the countertop that I want for my kitchen, like, no, we're going to go with the $9,000 countertop. We can't go with the stuff that comes with it. But I don't know. It just sucks. So I'm like kind of <laughs> picking and choosing what I think would be really important and what is like a must for me. Like my fireplace, it's two stories high and I'm going to tile the entire thing all the way up to the ceiling, which is going to look freaking awesome, but also costing an arm and a leg. But there's just yeah, little things. Like I know, but there's things that I'm like, I need it. And, you know, who cares? If I have to start an OnlyFans, that's what I'm going to do to pay off this house. Hey, I got, um, I can, you know, if you need a manager. Okay, you know, thanks. I'm taking, I'm taking, <laughs> taking applications. I put that part of my life to the past, but, you know, the way things are going right now, the economy, I'm thinking about jumping back in the OnlyFans management game, so. Well, and plus, I mean, you'd be a good friend, too. Like, we're good friends, and you'd want the best for me. It just kind of makes oh, no, sense. No, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's about the money at that point. Like, oh. you just don't just do what you okay. need to do to get my dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, before we get into what I'm going to have planned for my OnlyFans, we're going to talk about Smith & Wesson real quick. I don't know if you guys saw, but Smith & Wesson, they came out with the Shield Easy and the Shield Plus chambered in 30 Super Carry, which we're going to talk more about. But I had a chance to shoot it at their range day. Smith & Wesson had their own range day the week of SHOT Show. And I was kind of on the fence about it, shot it, freaking love it. It's basically the exact same design as your normal Easy, all the same features, easy to load, easy to rack, easy to shoot, all of that. But it just got better because now it carries 10 plus one rounds instead of your typical eight. And I definitely think the round's going to be a hit since you get more energy in the cartridge, more rounds in the mag, and it's just easier to shoot. But again, like I said, we'll talk about that more later on in my opinions of that cartridge. But if you guys want to check it out, I believe it's available now. They are shipping and that comes in the Shield Plus as well as the Easy Chambered in 30 Super Carry check it out at smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on deconstructing the industry. I realized it's actually been a hundred episodes since you were last on the show, which is pretty crazy. That was almost actually two years ago. Tom's flying like crazy. That's nuts. I know. Doesn't that, it seems like it was just a few months ago that you were on the show. Yeah. No, really. I would, 
I'd say about six months, six months. It's felt like about six months ago. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's crazy. Like the more, the older I get, the quicker time flies. And even this year, it's like, I was just thinking the other day, I have things planned for every month for the rest of the year. And I'm like, it just makes the time go by that much quicker. And I'm sure you're exactly the same. I don't know. Yeah. Like, all the days, all the days run together for me, honestly. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I really know what day it is on any given point. Like I think today's Friday. Yeah. yeah. I, I say it really. And I, a lot of people say that just, just to, just to say something. I really, I genuinely. No, I get it. That's well, you and I being self-employed, that's how it works. Like Fridays mean nothing to me. Mondays mean nothing to me. It all just blends together. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. But for those who may not be familiar with who you are, can you just kind of give a rundown of like what it is you do in the industry and maybe like what you've been up to since we last had you on the show? I mean, honestly, a little bit of everything. Uh, I think most people probably know me more as a the 2A advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I create content around 2A advocacy. I do 2A news to a degree. I, you know, I have a bunch of various series. I'm pretty sure people don't even really really kind of realize it, but like I have like kind of my content broken down into series. Um, you know, I have kind of the 2-8 news side of it, defensive gun use side of it, debunking gun control side of it, of course the gun reviews, and then as I like to call it, the kind of gun lifestyle kind of content as well. But I guess more and more people know me more on the side of the 2A advocacy mm-hmm. aspect of you know what I do. Yeah. And uh, I continue to do that diligently. And I mean you do it well. I think I told you this when I first had you on the show, but when I first got into the gun industry, you were one of the few channels that I watched and I always thought you were well-spoken and represented the gun community well. And I actually kind of like looked up to you until I met you in person. Then it was just like, you know, kind of, you know, let down, but. You know what they say about meeting your heroes? Wait, what? You know what they say about meeting your heroes? (laughs) What do they say? You're going to be let down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was a letdown. No, I'm just kidding. No, actually, I think you're a great guy. You know, whether you're, you know, how you were perceived on social media and how you are in in real life. And that was a lie. Okay. So (laughs) as I tell people all the time, well, I don't tell people all the time, actually, I'm lying, but I do say this from time to time for people who talk to me personally. My social media is probably about. 25 maybe 30 percent of who i actually am yeah like I, i've never i've never been big on putting my entire life online mm-hmm. um i know based on what i do you know i know what comes with it there's a certain you lose a certain level of uh of privacy like i was just at best buy now and i was looking i was trying to get some sound bars and stuff for my place and the guys all knew who i was um mm-hmm. You know, and I and I forget. Like I, if I just, I kind of just go about life unknowingly. And um, they knew who I was, and so I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, I am kind of maybe a little bit known." Yeah. So, you know, that that aspect of it, it just it just kind of comes with it, even though inherently I'm pretty pretty damn private. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I mean, there's stuff that comes with the territory too. I mean, so for example, you know, like two weeks ago when Tickles passed away. And I was like a mess and everybody was like, I'm surprised that you went to SHOT Show and that um, I showed up for my first uh, meeting with the design studio. They were like, I can't believe you're here. And it's like, sometimes it's like, in a way, I mean, this is kind of what we signed up for. Like, so you don't have a ton of privacy all the time. I mean, I mean, you have as much privacy as what you choose to give them, but 
once I put out there that I have a dog, I mean, obviously I also have to put out there that my dog passed away and it's like hard to put yourself out there. And, you know, and so I can totally understand that. I do think there's something to be said about, I do enjoy interacting with my audience on, there's some personal things like, you know, like you and a dog and stuff like that, that I, I would enjoy interacting with my audience about, um, Mm because sometimes it's fun. Um, you know, sometimes I'll, especially on my Instagram page, uh, I probably reveal more of myself on my Instagram page than any of my, any of my other platforms. Um, largely because it's just a lot easier, but, um, I think there's something to be said about having, you know, a a captured audience who can relate to you and um, is a fan of yours. You can come together and, you know, just kind of enjoy the non-gun aspects of mine or yours or other people's particular lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I can truly, truly get down with that. And it's nice too, that you have so many people reaching out. Like, I can't tell you, I mean, still to this day, you know, two weeks later, people are still reaching out. And it's also kind of nice to even just have like so many people around, whether you've met them or not, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what you're playing with in the background, but your audio is like in and out. Oh, that's because I have you on my Bluetooth. Let me try to put my ear my AirPods in and see if that works. Okay. In, in it better. Sorry about that. I take my podcast very seriously. In the last two episodes, the auto sucked, which is why I'm strict about it right now. Uh, I don't blame you. How's this? Is that's this so any better? better? Yeah, it's so much oh, okay. better. Perfect. Okay. Now that I just got Colian to change his audio from using his Bluetooth to his AirPods. The audio is going to sound a lot better. I'm glad I caught that on early on because I didn't want you guys to have a repeat of last week's show, which I apologize again for the audio. Although I thought all the interviews and stuff went well. But anyways, let's talk about SHOT Show. I'm actually really, really sad that I didn't get to see you at SHOT Show. I mean, I feel like you and I, we were both just like all work and we didn't really have a chance to meet up, which kind of sucks. I mean, I'm sure I'll see you at other events, but how was your SHOT Show? Um. This was probably one of the better shot shows in terms of content. Because for people who follow me closely, you know, generally speaking, I don't really produce a lot of content after shot show, mm-hmm. or I don't come away with a lot of content for shot show. And a lot of that is just I can't move around. Yeah. Um, you know, if I try to go from booth to booth, I'm going to get swarmed, and I, and I don't mean that in a humble brag kind of way. It just kind of is what it is. And what ends up happening is I have all these set places that I want to go. And I can't get there because I do my best to interact with every single person for as long as they want whenever I'm at these events. And so after a certain point, you know, time just kind of runs out. And so I had every intention on getting eight, 10 videos and end up with like one. Yeah. You know, so that was one of the biggest difference about this shot show for me was because it was a little bit lighter and ironically enough, because of the mask mandate, Mm -hmm. I know. It's going to sound weird, but... But nobody actually, recognized I, you. Exactly. <laughs> so funny. I, was able to, I did the same thing. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just kidding. Move like nobody, nobody swarms me. But I was thinking I mean, the masks were kind of a blessing in disguise because actually there were times where I just had to run for it and like mm-hmm. get to a certain place. And I was like, actually, wearing this mask, I kind of don't mind it because I could just kind of like put my head down and like get there to the booth that I needed that I was already late to be there. My videographer literally would tell me because sometimes I I don't I hate I don't like wearing the mask. My natural inclination is not to have it on. Yeah. So there were times where we kind of standing around, and my videographer would be like, "Man, put your mask on. Put it on. Put it on." Because he knew before we could get to the next place, if I didn't have the mask on, we were going to be stuck where we were for a while. 
Yeah. So it was kind of funny. But this particular show, I was able to kind of uh, definitely move around more. I got about eight, nine different videos. So that was pretty cool. Um, I usually don't get to do that. Yeah. What stuff, like what content did you record? The way I tried to approach it this time is I went to Lupo Booth. I went to Surefire. I went to Staccato. I went to Geisley. I did Walther. Just honestly, be honest with you, these videos were really selfish because they were kind of stuff that I was wanting to talk about mm-hmm. and kind of stuff that I wanted, kind of wanted to see. And I think with me, sometimes when you've been kind of doing this as long as we have, sometimes it's interesting to see how your taste and desires and firearms kind of changes mm-hmm. or kind of dulls itself. Because there are times, like the guns that I would normally would have been excited about back in the day. I'm not typically as excited about, uh, and they are actually exciting guns. It's just, you start to become more, I don't know, like it, it's, it's hard to explain. You just, your, your taste massages and it just becomes yeah. outwardly. It seems a little boring to some people, but to other people, but to you, you're like, Oh man, this is awesome. Uh-huh. Um, no, it makes but, complete sense. And it know, is weird how things like that happen. Cause I've noticed that as well. Like things that I would have been excited about even just a few years ago, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, that's cool. And then things that most people are like, meh, you know, or like, you know, excuse yeah. my language, like shitting all over. I'm like, actually, I kind of like it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, so I, I totally understand. And it is weird. I, I can't explain how that happens, but your taste does kind of change over time. Yeah. Any products that you saw that were just yeah. like, wow, but- like amazing. There was stuff that, you know, that I kind of liked, uh-huh. but there was, there was nothing that really blew my mind. But to be fair, I can't think of a shot show I've ever been to where that had been the case. Yeah. And I, and I think largely because it's just, it's just a circumstance of what the industry is. It's very rarely you're going to get, I think a lot of people are spoiled. Or I don't want to say spoiled because the satisfactions haven't been met. But I think a lot of people sometimes are a little too, what's the word I'm looking for? Their expectations uh, their, are too Their high. expectations are a little unrealistic in terms yeah. of innovation. You mm-hmm. know, there are a lot of people who's kind of like, oh, there's no innovation here, there's no innovation here. And I'm like, man, if people understood the amount of money, time, oh, uh, and, and resources that are required to kind of come up with something revolutionary in this space, yeah, you know, then they would, they would understand why things don't seem to be revolutionary as they are now. Like, you know, and I think a lot of people compare things to like, say, for instance, the tech world or the car world, right? Where it seems like every day there's something new coming out, but it's really not. If you look at Porsche, all Porsche does is evolve on an already existing platform that already kind of looks the same anyway. I want to give some shit about that. Yeah. Um, so when different companies come out with different guns that are kind of like seemingly just massaged or a little bit different, people in the gun industry tend to be a little, you know, hard on it, which, you know, I can understand, but. By and large, I always go to SHOT Show expecting just to see evolutions on things, not really revolutions. And I can't honestly think of a time I've been in SHOT where I was just like blown away. And so the same can be said about this one as well. But there were stuff that I did see that I think was pretty dope. You know, like the Springfield Heliana, that was pretty cool, even though it wasn't at SHOT, which is ironic. <laughs> where did you, where'd you uh, see that at? Who's booth was No, it? I'm just saying, I'm just talking about it in general. I didn't actually see it at SHOT. <laughs> So from that perspective, it's kind of like, if I go through my mind, and try to think about when, what did I see that was kind of like dope. Ironically enough, I'd have to say in terms of staccato, I enjoyed my time there at the booth largely because I had never actually handled a shot of staccato before, quiet as kept. And 
being able to kind of run through those those 2011s was pretty cool, honestly. But like I said, it's not revolutionary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to think what else, what else, what else, what else, what else, what else, what else. Uh, oh, actually. So, Voltec, um, they basically kind of a bigger version of the current LifePod that I have on my site. And um, I think it's almost big enough where you could break down an SBR and put it inside of it. So think like a travel size, literal like travel size breakdown SBR gun case. It's kind of cool. Or if you want, it has the versatility for you to run different pistols in the case as well. Hmm. Um, so if you just want to set it up, like say for instance, like you want to set up like a range case for your pistols, you can put like four or five, I think five, maybe even six pistols in the actual case plus mm-hmm. magazines. And then there's a compartment on the door lid for you to have basically an accessory pouch. So if you need to put ear pro eyes, things of that nature, it's all there. And then just the case itself just looks really freaking cool. And part of it is because, you know, it has my logo on it, yada, 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 yada. But that was pretty cool. And it's biometric. So it's basically, you know, you can use your finger to open the case electronically or you can use a number keypad or you can use a key. So it's just a really cool, think, square Pelican style almost case, but it's specifically geared towards gun. I'm going to take a quick break real quick, talk about primary arms. Primary Arms just released a list of upcoming optics this year. Discovery 2022 details a bunch of cool new releases if you want to check it out. One of the ones that I'm really excited about is the SLX RS10. So it's their first slide-mounted pistol red dot. And they've built some really cool features into it. So the housing is made from the rugged 7075 aluminum. And it's gone through extensive field testing with over 23,000 rounds fired without issue and a bunch of calibers, including 45 ACP. Unlike a lot of red dots for the pistols, the battery can be replaced without removing the red dot, which is huge. And it uses a larger 2032 battery instead of the smaller batteries that others with the draw-out battery trays usually take. With the 2032 battery in AutoLive, it has, I think, 40,000 hours of battery life, which is pretty freaking substantial. Definitely check it out. I believe it's available now. If not, still head on over to Primary Arms, check out all of their optics. If you use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, you are going to get a free scope mount with every Primary Arms optic that you purchase. One of the things that I saw that I thought was kind of cool was the Magpul, the FDP-9. It's like that fold-up gun, which is, I mean, oh, yeah. I don't think it's realistic. But it was one of those things where I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Because remember when they came up with like that briefcase gun? Yeah. Like a few years ago, and everybody mm-hmm. was asking about it, and they were like, oh, we just did that just to see if we could do it, but we're not going to be releasing it. And yeah. then this, they said, should be coming out in like the next year or two. Who knows? We'll see. But I thought it looked kind of cool. I don't know if you had a chance to stop by the Canik booth, but did you no, check I out didn't. the rival? I have it. Well, I talked to Adam from Sentry. And mm-hmm. he said that he is sending you one. Yeah, I've had I've had it for about a week or two now. Oh, really? Yeah, so when did you just say that? Huh? I did. Why? I said I had it. Oh, okay. You have it. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All no, right. I just haven't, I just haven't so, shot it. My backlog on videos is insane. Okay. What are your initial thoughts of it? Honestly? Yeah. 
So I am a fan of Kanik. You call it Kanik. I don't know why I say Kanik. I, I talked about this in my last video about it. So I'm going to say Kanik, but because I just want to feel fancy. But um, now you have me second guessing if I'm saying it right. I've heard them say Kanik and I've heard them say Kanik. So <laughs> that's uh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I'm a fan of Kanik's guns. They do a great job, especially with the triggers, especially at that price point. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the gold accents. I like the gray. I personally think I would have I would have preferred maybe having black accents instead of gold. Mm-hmm. There's something about it. It just makes it look like a Mandalorian gun in a way that I don't particularly like, yeah. even though I love the Mandalorian. I haven't shot it yet, so it's hard for me to give my take on it as far as the shooting characteristics. But as far as feel in the hand, it's kind of based on a platform they've already had. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of synonymous to what I was saying about Porsche. And it's kind of an evolution on that. So, and that particular platform is already great to begin with. So it felt great. And triggers feels like it's just as good as the other triggers. I love the fact that they're kind of throwing kind of like so many supporting aspects to the firearm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming the way I got it is the way other people would get it too. I don't know. But if it is, that's incredible. You know, it just kind of has a whole support system. It's kind of self-contained in a way. And I think that's pretty dope and awesome. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say is the industry is definitely doing a kind of follow the leader type deal where it's kind of like one company does something that's kind of evolutionary. They'll all start doing it. Like, you know, like the cutouts for the red dots and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. I think is a good thing. People give companies shit about that, but I think it's a good thing. I think what it does is it allows there to be a ton of variety while still having basic features that exist on every gun. Cause I think mm-hmm. there was a time when I got into firearms where you weren't trying to choose. Okay just ergonomics and you know what color or what kind of style aesthetically you were like trading between different features altogether yeah. and that sucked because you would find a gun you really like in terms of the way it looked but it would like wouldn't have certain sights or wouldn't have a ability to have an armor or a third barrel it's just stuff like that that now all of those things seem to be kind of standard mm-hmm. when it comes to guns um so that's i think that's pretty neat yeah. um i do like the gray color on the technique on the, yeah. on the the rival. I okay. be honest, it feels like the other Kinnicks that I have. But that's, <laughs> I mean, but they're good guns. So it's like, yeah. it's not a bad thing. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know if the hoopla around it, and keep in mind, this is me not shooting. I haven't shot the gun yet. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the hoopla about it is really warranted, mm-hmm. honestly. But then again, that's kind of what good marketing is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you take, a, you take a, a really good product and you make it seem like it's, you know, the bee's knees. Mm-hmm. But and nonetheless. Honestly, I mean, who knows though? Because there's times where I like, I'll love the way the gun feels in my hand. And then I go mm-hmm. and I shoot it and I'm like, well, that wasn't great. I hated that. Like, that I wasn't a fan. That, and then there's other times where I'm like, well, what's so great about this? I shoot it and I'm like, okay, mind blown. Mm-hmm. I love this and I need it. Yeah. That's how I am about the HK45 Compact. Okay. Yeah, that's how I am with the HK VP9. I love the way that that thing felt in my hand. and It doesn't shoot well for me. That's funny. I love the way it shoots. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, you would disagree and, you know, do the opposite. So it's no big well, deal. No surprise. Well, no, uh, I mean, I built a whole gun around it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now, that being said, here's the thing. I actually prefer the P30. Hmm. Now, the P30 trigger sucks. Um, yeah. But the way the gun feels in hand, I think the P30 feels 10 times better than the BP9. Mm, I like person. the BP9, the way that it felt, but yeah. 
I don't know. One thing that was interesting that I saw that came out, I didn't get to see it in person, but Zero Delta, they created something kind of like the FCU from SIG, but it's called the PCU. So it's a platform conversion unit and you can transform it into either a pistol or an AR. It's pretty I'm interesting. I'm not with that. Yeah, no, I didn't see it. I noticed that my editor, he put it in the show notes and I clicked on it and I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. It kind of looks like your typical, I don't know, kind of like a Glock. Like, so the PCU isn't just like your typical FCU, like the fire control mm-hmm. unit with SIG. This one actually has a grip that would look kind of like a pistol grip, but you can attach it to obviously make it into a pistol, but you could attach it to some components that would turn it into an AR. And it actually looks like a typical AR. It's pretty crazy. I don't know. It's kind of weird that that's like the direction that we're going in where that little unit is the serialized section and you have the choice of turning it into either a pistol or a rifle. I mean, makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. And then also, I don't know if you saw, but Black Collar Arms, so they didn't have a booth at SHOT Show, but they did. I actually was invited to go up to their room. They had a suite where they were showing people. I didn't go because, you know, I'm a woman and you don't just go up to some random guy's suite to see a gun. Right. <laughs> Even though, hey, ask me eight years prior, it totally would have done it. I the old me that. now, no, I know better than that. But <laughs> they have the, what is it, the straight pull rifle. It's interesting. So the bolt pulls straight back with no turning of the bolt handle straight out and straight in. So no push to rotate the bolt so that it'll be significantly faster and smoother than like a traditional bolt gun. It looked interesting. What's funny is I saw Black Collar Arms and Q get into it on social media, on Instagram. One of of my friends sent that to me. (laughs) Yeah, they were getting into it. And let's face it, it was entertaining because Q does not even hold back like what he's going to say. So that was kind of funny to read. MSRP on that is about $2,500. It looks cool, but it does kind of, you know, it, it sort of has like that, the mini fix feel to it. So I guess mm-hmm. I could kind of see, you know, and then there was something. Uh, here's, uh, yeah, don't even start on that. Yeah, I, I think know. There's, I think the level of, you know what, let me pull back because I'm, I'm a very, I'm a very competitive individual. I don't necessarily think some of the competition in the gun space between companies is warranted. Yeah. But then again, I can't say that because I don't own a gun company. Yeah. So. So I'm going to stop short as just saying that because I know how competitive I am personally. So I get it, but I can also myself say, uh, I mean, this I mean, course I, is going to be some similarity, but yeah, I part of my, like my head goes, it's not that serious, but like I said, it's, I can't tell somebody how competitive they need to be at, I guess, protecting their brand or pushing their brand forward. So mm-hmm. Another thing that came out, which is super interesting, I'm like trying to wrap my mind around it. A company called Fox Unit LLC, which I've never heard of, they're making ARs for every state by changing the design to lock the bolt back after every round. And then you would press the bolt release and load the next round for the next shot. This allows you to have a magazine that comes out. You don't need like a bullet button or whatever. It's technically legal in every state. So you can have like what looks like a typical AR except it doesn't chamber the next round. The bolt just holds open after every round. Mm. It's interesting. It's innovative. I don't know if I would ever want to shoot like that, though. I mean, I mean yeah, clearly, because you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I, mean, but yeah. I can see, you know, I get, I get comments all the time on my posts. You know, people are like, 
hey, is this California compliant? I'm like, uh, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and, and I get it. You know, I got a huge audience. I think my biggest audience is California. New That's York, mine too. Actually, yeah. I get the most downloads within the U.S. Don't, I mean, South Africa is another story. I don't know why so many people in South Africa listen to my podcast, but. Because you most, look South Africa. I mean, I guess, I don't know. But the most downloads that I get are in California. So I don't know if they're just living vicariously through me or. I mean, I know that there actually is contrary to what most people think. There's a lot of people in California that are gun owners or, you know, 2A advocates. It's just mostly the bigger cities that vote for the stupid laws. And they're just inherently more people in California. That's true. That's true. But nonetheless, I still think it's, I think, I still think it's pretty crazy that, you know, uh, some of our biggest audiences in California. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not complaining about it. Hey, any audience is better than none, right? Right there with you. All right, let's talk about 30 Super Carry. Did you hear about that round? No. Are you for real? Yeah, you know, it's funny. A lot of people probably realize that, like... That you live in a box? No, I have to flip between different brains. So my, my friends do that, too. They'll say, have you heard of this? I'm like, no. <laughs> and, they're and they're like, like are you even in like, the industry? <laughs> yeah, but they probably realize, like, I have to stay on top of two aspects of the space. Yeah, the political side and the gun side. So that's true. And then if something something happens, I have to dive deep. Like I just spent all day putting together a video on the political side of the gun issue. So anything that's happened there and that, I've, I've, I've missed it. So I then yeah. I gotta go back and then re-educate myself. On, okay, on so are you too. are you ready to have your mind blown? Let's have at it. I mean, you know, not literally, but okay. So thirty super carry. <laughs> so federal, they I think they came out with this. They've been working on it for like four or five years, and it's their hundredth anniversary now as of this year and they decided they're going to launch something that's like revolutionary and it's Mm -hmm. 30 super carries kind of between like 380 and 9 it Mm -hmm. has i would say closer to the power of nine so we're talking about i think it was only about 20 foot pounds lower energy than nine millimeter and it actually penetrates an inch deeper the expand hollow points are only i think it was like 0.04 less than nine millimeter so you're really not giving up that much but it's a smaller round. So in most magazines that would typically carry nine, you're able to fit two extra rounds. Like for example, the Easy, the Smith & Wesson Easy or the Shield Plus, those guns will hold an extra two rounds in the 30 Super Carry as opposed to when it's chambered in nine. You're not losing anything really by using this. You pretty much have the same self-defense type cartridge but you're gaining two extra rounds. It's the price of 380. So it's not going to be outrageous. But the thing is, is like when I first heard about it, so it was leaked super early and mm-hmm. nobody like federal, cause I'm an ambassador for federal. They didn't even get to like fill in all the ambassadors and have like all their stuff ready because it was leaked so soon. So they're like scrambling, you know, and everybody's like, well, what is this, you know, cartridge and, and everybody Please, has questions. Happens. Oh, it happens, happens all freaking time. Every, everybody every, has leaks. I'm, I've never seen any launch that didn't have a I know. massive link. It's I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it sucks too, because like if you're about to record a video or something, you're like, cool. Now that they're like, oh, you can put out your video and you're like, I haven't even recorded my video. And you have to run <laughs> to the range and don't even get me started. Like people don't realize like our job sometimes can be pretty stressful as with you, you know, this morning, how we were supposed to record. And then you're like, I need to reschedule because you needed to research, you know, everything that you're about to put a video out on. 
anyways, when I heard about it, I was like, I don't really know what it is. I don't really totally understand it. You know, okay. So it's like around between 380 and nine millimeter. Okay. Whatever. And was sort of on the fence because I'm like, I don't really get why we have to release another caliber. And then at range day at Smith and Wesson's range day, I shot it and it shoots really well. So it's like still kind of snappy, like a nine millimeter, but Mm -hmm. it's quick and it allows me to get back on target. And I just did a comparison. I haven't recorded my full video yet, but it should be out next week of side by side, the easy chambered in nine millimeter and the easy chambered in 30 super carry. And hands down 30 super carry, I will pick that round over nine any day. Like it was so much better to shoot and depending on the gun. So let's say we're talking about the Springfield Hellcat. If you Mm -hmm. were to take that gun, because the way that the magazine is made, you would actually fit five extra rounds. It's not always that you're fitting an extra two rounds. The magazine depends on the structure of the magazine. Exactly. But anyways, I cannot tell you how much hate I've received Smith and Wesson put out a video of me talking about 30 super carry. One guy was like, Oh, where'd you find this girl at the Denny's down the street? And I was like, Oh, can't even be a cracker barrel. (laughs) 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 I was like, wow, Denny's. I was like, first of all, I'm not wearing a wrist brace. I'm not like 40 pounds heavier and I'm under the age of 40. Oh no. I've seen some some baddies at Denny's. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I haven't really seen too many. I mean, everybody's like old, they smoke cigarettes and they're like, yeah, what do you want? Do you want extra sausage with your eggs? But whatever, that's what they said about me. And I was a little butthurt, but I mean, for the most part, and everybody's like, oh, this is so stupid. But this is what annoys me about the industry is everybody's like, I want innovation. And then the minute something comes out, that's like super innovative. And it's like, Hey, that I personally think that this round if nothing else is going to take over 380, like 380 now is dead. Sorry, 380, you know, you served (laughs) us well, but rest in peace. But you know, when somebody comes out with something like notoriously, like people, humans do not like change. And then everybody's like, we didn't ask for this. And one of the ambassadors, Jim Gillian, he said it best. I think it was like, I forget what the first name is, but the guy who invented Ford, if he listened to the people as to what they wanted, they would be like, oh, we need faster horses. Like sometimes you just have to (laughs) put out more innovation, whether the people ask for it or not, because they are not the ones that are going to, you know, foresee like the future, I guess. So I think this is the future. I think it's here to stay. And I really hope that that is the case so that everyone can come back and apologize to me months down the road. (laughs) I'll be waiting. Yeah, no, I mean, it sounds great. I'm always for more rounds. I'm a round, I'm a capacity whore, as most people know. Dude, me too. And anybody who's like, you only need a few rounds. Like, okay, well, what if you're in a situation when there's like multiple people? Dude, that is stupid. Because be, these would be the same people fighting against a magazine limitation. Saying that, so it's like, people don't think. Like, you can't mm. say in one breath that we don't need to have magazine limitations. And another breath saying, oh, you only need a couple rounds. And it doesn't also, work in your favor. Like, okay, let's so self-defense aside, like it sucks to reload your magazine at the range. I don't want to like sit there, shoot six rounds. And then it's like, oh, cool. All right. Just when I was like getting into my groove, like shooting really well, mag's empty. All right, let's go and load another magazine. Like it sucks. I deal with that a lot in my first mag videos. Oh, yeah. Because like I'm talking and shooting and then I'm like, fuck, all right, we got to cut. That's why, honestly, initially my first mag videos are supposed to be one take straight through, no cuts. Yeah. Um, that doesn't always work. <laughs> it can't. It can't. If I'm doing a video on a, a gun that has up a capacity of six rounds, and all of a sudden the gun goes dry, I, like it kills the vibe of the video. If I have you sit there and watch me load, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. it's just not, it's not sexy. No. So from that standpoint, I was like, from here on out, like we just, anytime I start to load it, we just cut, we just do a hard cut and then come back with me already loaded. Because um, yeah. it's not always the case that I have like eight, nine magazines for every gun that I'm reviewing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people forget that. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people who are like, oh, we miss your old videos. I was like, well, the thing about the old cinematic videos, I still do them. The problem is people need to realize too is you do need some time to get familiar with a gun. Mm-hmm. So my first mag videos are designed to be, this is my first initial impression on this gun. And then you won't hear from me about the gun for a little bit because I'm, I'm still shooting it. I'm still getting used to it. But then I do a follow-up video with that's more extended, more cinematic, more sexy. But now I have a better grasp of the gun. Like my opinion on the gun has matured. And so I can give you a, a more in-depth idea on what the gun is like. Because they know it's be the same people. Like, this gun just came out. Can you do a video on it? I'm like, yo, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, and the thing is, is like you do rush sometimes to do a video so that you're one of the oh, first yeah. people. And I've always said this too. I'm like, I'll tell people like viewers exactly how many rounds I put through. And it's not a lot. And that's just because it's like, yeah, okay, I just shot 150 rounds for this gun. That is not enough to give you guys like a solid review, but here are my initial thoughts. Yeah. And I think that's all you can do, especially when it comes to putting things into context, which is also why I review guns the way that I do. I've never really been big on just going in depth on all of the stats and data. Dude, me neither. But the other day, somebody was like, oh, because I say that in my video. I'm like, look, guys, I'm not going to like sit here and spell all the specs for you. You can go to the website, look it up really quickly. I'm not going to bore you with that. I'm going to talk about my experience, which is what I think most people, that's what YouTube videos are for. And somebody got on my case like, oh, wow, you're too lazy to even list the specs. Sorry, you didn't get a subscriber here. I was like, okay, well, bye-bye then. (laughs) Well, I mean... And look, I get it. There are some people who want it all in one place. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people, and me personally, to be honest, I don't go deep into specs. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I really don't. And it's because it's the way that I enjoy guns. I enjoy guns from an experiential standpoint. Like, what did it feel like to shoot the gun? Now, granted, mm-hmm. there's some aspects to the gun from a data standpoint that need to be known. Yeah. But by and large, I geek out over guns in a very different way than some people. Like, I do place a high importance on aesthetics. And a lot of people like to use a stupid cliche ass adage of, oh, well, it's a tool. So it doesn't matter the way it looks. It yeah, does. that is technically true. But it technically, does. But it does matter because you spend 90% of your time looking at the gun versus yeah, shooting. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> I think so I want to look at something that looks good. And anybody who tells you that, that they don't enjoy the shooting experience more when the gun is actually a good looking gun is a liar. Yeah. It is a flat out liar. So yeah. now, but again, there are some people who really don't care. You got end users, guys in the military sometimes. They don't care. And I understand why, because they're going down range to actually use a firearm. So their idea, I, I have the time to sit here and wax poetic about the beauty of the firearm because I'm not in the military. I'm not mm-hmm. at war. So I honestly look at it like a privilege. I had the privilege to be able to sit down and go over the nuances of the aesthetics and the way the gun feels in hand and so forth and so on. And the way the gun feels when it shoots and all this other beautiful pros that I like to talk about. But at the end of the day, I still, like I said, I enjoy my guns differently. Yeah. Um, and that's what I talk about in my videos. If you don't like it, um, keep watching I mean, the video. Yeah, there's, I, still, there's, I, still, I, still, I still want you to watch the video. Watch it anyway. But just understand that there are a lot of guys who can give you that. Like when I came into the industry, my job is not to give you the same type of videos, just with a different face. And that's what I still seek to do even up until this day. So. Mm-hmm. Did you see that other round, the 8-6 blackout? Yeah, I heard of it. 
Yeah, the point is getting hard to keep up with all these new rounds. Oh, I, don't I have know. A problem with, I know. So, but that's know. the thing is like, how many new rifle rounds have there been? How many new pistol rounds? Like, there's been virtually no pistol rounds that have come out in recent years. And then everyone. Is that good? <laughs> I mean, it is. I'm not complaining. Like, I do like nine millimeter, and I'm definitely not bashing nine millimeter. But it's like how many rifle calibers come out? People aren't like, oh, okay, you know, just like talking crap about it. Like everyone's all yeah. for this 8.6 blackout, which is kind of cool. I guess it has a one and three twist rate, which is pretty impressive. And yeah. I didn't get a chance to make it over to the Faxon booth, but apparently if you look at the barrel like inside, I mean, the lands and grooves are like pretty substantial and it almost doesn't even look like a barrel. I don't know. It'd be interesting well, to try it out, but I don't know enough about it. Yeah, I mean, and I think I don't have a problem with the excessive number of new rounds that are coming out, largely because that's kind of the growing pain of innovation, right? Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit, little bit, little bit, and then you get a break, and then the dam breaks. And then all of a sudden, you get this crazy innovative thing that comes out from all of the little incremental kind of advancements that you've been making prior to that. And so then you'll get that one thing that's like, oh, shit. I mean, think about it. With the 380 is what? Nothing more than a short version of the 9 millimeter. Mm-hmm. So. So from that perspective now, it's annoying because it's hard to keep up with it when you're in the business the way that we are. Keeping up with all the newest and latest, greatest rounds is truly exhausting sometimes. Yeah. But it doesn't bother me other than that, other than my own kind of selfish reasons, you know? Yeah. I mean, choices are always good to have. Yeah. I'm going to take another quick break, talk about IWI real quick. Napoleon, I know you have an IWI. It's the, what is it, the X95 that I've seen you shoot? Yeah, yeah, I have an X95. How do you like it? I like it. I actually have done it like a mini training course with it. And there's a bit of a learning curve when it comes to, you know, loading, reloading, stuff like that. Yeah. It's something you kind of have to really wrap your head around because technically speaking on paper, it makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for somebody who lives in a major metropolitan area like I do. You know, you get the advantages of a 16-inch barrel, but the compactness of a bullpup design. Mm-hmm. So I liked it a lot. I Initially, I struggled with it. Once I kind of ran it through its paces and I started using it more, it really did grow on it in a way that honestly, I don't think I could see myself changing. And you've done like a lot of close quarter combat training stuff, right? Um... Yes and no. Not in the traditional sense that most people think. Not like indoor stuff, but like uh-huh. a lot of training classes I have, they have a CQB element to it that it teaches well. Okay. So I've done that. So I guess technically speaking, yes, you're right. And I feel like Dex95 would be like perfect for that. Yeah. Because I like mean, you said, even in your surroundings, like you're in a city, I don't know, let's say shit hits yeah. the fan. And, and that's, and I thought about that too, because my mind goes, why not make this your go-to? Yeah. If, you know, it gives you basically everything. And some of it may just honestly be familiarity. Like I'm just used to the AR platform. Yeah. But, you know, and you know, I'm really big on 300 blackouts. So I like my little small, I like my little small 300 blackouts for damn sure. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think the X95, any of the tours, I mean, all the bullpups, like the one I got the Galil and I haven't given it as much love as I want to, because I don't know, I've been busy. The weather sucks. And I want to shoot it outside at my outdoor range instead of indoors. But they just make some really good guns, really great options, especially in bullpups. If you guys want to check it out, head on over to IWI.us. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15, all one word, 
it's going to get you 15% off. And that's all the accessories that you see in their web store. Okay. So changing things up just a little bit, how are things going with your podcast? Uh, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I re- think really what, go ahead. I've seen you have like a few guests on, like, didn't you recently interview that guy from like Detroit dust on your podcast? Yeah. 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 So my podcast is kind of like podcast of opportunity, largely uh-huh. just because I'm so busy. It's hard for me to stay consistent. Mm-hmm. As you can see, you can had a hard enough time getting me to come on at the day that I actually tell you <laughs> I could. Yeah, um, I know. I'm like, how many times did we already have to push this off? Like four yeah, times? Pretty much. No. So, you know, a lot of times people think I'm just kind of trying to avoid them. I'm like, no, no, I'm not really that busy. <laughs> yeah. But, but long, long story short, I do have plans to be more regular with my podcast. That's for damn sure. Okay. Um, so that, you know, it's definitely coming. The issue I'm running into is like, honestly, if I just did audio, I prefer doing just audio, mm-hmm. quite frankly, because I can multitask. That too, but I have to because my brain just is all over the place. So for me, I like the ability to kind of sometimes I'll pace, like I'm doing it right now. Yeah, I can um, tell. It, yeah, it'll <laughs> <laughs> it allows me to kind of get in my head. Uh-huh. Long story short, I do plan on making it on a regular basis. I just can't determine whether or not I just want to keep doing the, you know, virtual side of it with video, mm-hmm. audio only, or I in know. studio. Like I have a yeah. whole studio I built out to do it and I still haven't yet. Yeah. So, That's the thing. I like, I constantly think, oh, should I incorporate video? I mean, God knows, like I have a face for it for video. Who told you that? Oh, a lot of people. Yeah. Weren't you one of them? Was I drunk? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, a lot of people are like, why don't you do video? I mean, I get asked that all the time and it's like, it's just yeah. so much more convenient for me to just do audio. I mean, like some days, like I'll be honest, like I don't wear makeup. It's a good day. If I could wash my hair, like, I mean, I'm all over the place as well. And for me to just like, okay, cool. We can record this right in the morning or right after I get done working out. Like it just fits my lifestyle a little bit better. And I don't have to be concerned with like when the camera's on, like, okay, well, how does my hair look right now? I could actually like concentrate on the guests and like ask questions and I could see both ways. And then like with you, if you were to have somebody on your show and you had the video on, you'd have no choice but to sit there and actually like do the show as opposed to pacing around your house, cleaning your house. God knows what you're doing right now. (laughs) So if I have to break it down into preference, I prefer audio than in studio than virtual. The reason mm-hmm. I don't like virtual is because when I'm sitting at that desk, that light beaming in my face drains yeah. energy-wise. Yeah. So it's not a very natural conversation for me because that light is just piercing, but I have to have it in order for you to see me and mm-hmm. have a nice looking photo. Yeah. So, and it's just something disconnecting about virtual, honestly. Yeah. And it's an issue that you don't really contend with while you're just doing voice or in person. Mm-hmm. And as far as like it fitting your lifestyle, like, I'd say before, uh, my ex from like three or four years ago, she used to do hits, or we call, we call them hits. So any, like anytime I'm on Fox or CNN and stuff like that, I call them hits. And she would do hits and she would have to wake up at like, like five in the morning just to get ready so that she can go on and do a hit that probably lasts three minutes. If that. Mm. And so like seeing that, 
I was like, okay, I developed some sympathy for what women have to deal yeah. with in terms of getting in front of the camera. Whereas me, I wake up in the morning, I wash my face, throw a hat on, boom, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know it's ridiculous. I mean? <laughs> Especially so, if you have long hair, it's like a whole nother story. Yeah. Yeah. So for the first time ever, you have sympathy. Okay. That's mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> Changing up a little bit. Do you have anything in the future stored that you could share with us? Definitely going to get the podcast revved up and going. I'm trying to think what else I got going. I'm currently working on creating my own. It's essentially pretty much my own Patreon for my own stuff. So essentially what it would be, it'd be like a subscription service Mm -hmm. for people to pay monthly fee in where I can put content up that I don't have to filter for YouTube Mm -hmm. and other platforms Mm -hmm. because YouTube just keeps changing it every two seconds. And now it's like, you can't even do 30 round magazines on YouTube. Yeah. So it's like, at a certain point, it's like, yeah, I'm going to create other content. And then also I know there's an aspect of my audience that really craves for like really longer form stuff or like more raw stuff. So I plan on doing that as well. And basically giving them just kind of like I did, like, especially like for my training courses, when I take these training courses, I get a lot of raw footage. So I think people who are really, really into that stuff would want to see versus the kind of more polished, cut down, highly composed videos that I put together. So there's going to be a lot of that, a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And of course, with a bunch of other things like, you know, benefits as far as discount codes and things like that. But for the most part, it's going to be pretty much an unfiltered version of the stuff that I put up. Hmm, I like that. Maybe I should do that. And then like, or maybe, okay, stick with me. Instead of OnlyFans, I have like the camera on when I actually record the show. So only the patrons can see what I look like when I'm recording the show. And it may or may not include pants. That's called OnlyFans. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right man i don't know i suck at this whole thing (laughs) and guys just for the record i would never have an only fans like never like i would live in a cardboard box before i do that oh i just wasn't raised like that okay so for people who want to follow you who aren't already following you where can they find you on internet where can they once you create this patreon where can they join where can they find you on social media all that good stuff i'm everywhere I'm most active on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And they're all under my name, Coleon Noir. Okay. Let's see what else. I am on Twitter under Coleon Noir as well. I am, uh, where, where else am I? I'm on Gab. It's Coleon Noir as well. You think I should create a Gab account? I don't run I'm Actually, I've heard that now a few times. Yeah. A few people have said, not that they don't run it, that a few people saying they're joining. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean... Right now, what I'm doing, when I say I don't run my Gab account, I mean, like, I have people post my content that I'm producing on Gab for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't interact with it as much as I do the other platforms. I can only do that so much. Like, yeah. the platforms that I interact on are Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. So the, mm-hmm. the kind of three heavy hitters is where I run all of that. Now, if Gab starts to pick up and take off, then I have to be more mindful of it. And, you know, that's when I'll take more of a hand in it. But for the most part, I don't know <laughs> is, is yeah. the answer to your question. Yeah. There are so many platforms starting up. They got people now telling me, get on Getter or whatever it's called. Um, and there's other people telling me I need to get on, um, uh, what's the other one that has been all the rage recently? I can't remember. I don't even, Rumble. honestly. Rumble. Rumble. Oh. oh, yeah. I'm actually on Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. 
So everyone's going, oh, you got to get a rumble, got to get a rumble. I'm like, <laughs> but it I'm is, having a hard time a, keeping up on Instagram. <laughs> I know. It's a full-time job. Yeah. Okay. So awesome. Moving forward. Caldwell. I don't know if you follow my Instagram, you do, <laughs> but I don't know if you saw that video where I'm using, it's called the Claymore. It's a one foot operated manual device that can throw clays out to, I guess it's 55 to 70 yards, which is pretty substantial. Hey, hey, I it, need one of those. Yeah. It holds 50 clays. It doesn't need a battery and it folds up for easy transport. Only weighs 35 pounds. Isn't that, that isn't that actually the only thing that sucks is it doesn't come out until I think end of summer. But I know, I know, but the cost for that is only $330 and it worked really well. It was, I don't know. It was just a lot of fun. Like I've shot clays before, thought they were fun, Mm -hmm. but it's like, you really have to have the right thrower. Cause I had somebody else, like I was trying to record some stupid TikTok video and I was like, all right, just (laughs) throw the clay up and I'll shoot it. And it did not work well. (laughs) It was a disaster. (laughs) And I was getting so mad at the throw. I'm like, what the? I'm like, I'm over here shooting over here. Why are you throwing it over there? And yeah, it like makes or breaks the situation with the thrower. But I like the fact that you fold it up and it only weighs 35 pounds. Like anybody can, you know, use that thing, transport it around. Definitely check out caldwellshooting.com. Don't forget if it's your first order, use the code gunfunny10. That gets you 10% off. All right. So now it's time to talk politics. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. I actually switched up my political segment uh, for you because I figured you'd been working on it all day. It's probably in your mind. I'm assuming that after we're done recording this, you're going to go record your segment. I just figured... Well, no, the video's already done. I just probably won't release it until tomorrow. Okay, well, then you'll release it sooner before this will come out because this doesn't come out till Monday. But it's probably still in the back of your mind, you know, so it might help to talk about it. That way you're not thinking about what you should have said while you're trying to go to bed. You could just get it all out now. Well, this one was scripted, so I got it all out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, well, how about we just hear the unscripted version then here? <laughs> so essentially what's, what's going on is, and I actually had did a Fox News episode about this before when they were just talking about it. But the city of San Jose has decided that they want to require all gun owners to pay a fee in order to be a gun owner on top of having liability insurance specifically for being a gun owner. And then they're claiming that they're going to take the money from those fees and donate them to programs designed to reduce gun violence, i.e., anti-gun groups. Mm -hmm. So essentially what I concluded was this is pretty much a political money laundering scheme. So essentially gun owners will literally be funding anti-gun groups to infringe on their rights because they're going to take that money, put it into gun violence prevention programs. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I wonder who considers themselves to be a gun violence prevention program. Hmm. Every town for Newtown, every town for gun safety, right? But no one's going to question that because it's to prevent Gun violence, right? So from that perspective, they think they've cleverly found a way to basically get gun owners to fund anti-gun groups and organizations and programs, which to me is disgusting. It is. Yeah. And so that's kind of what the gist of that video is about. And I mean, it's par for the course with California. I mean, and even the mayor who 
I'm responding to in the video. I mean, he supported Mayor Bloomberg when he was running to be the president. Hmm. Bloomberg has donated yeah. millions of dollars to that particular mayor's, Ricardo is his name, that particular mayor's cause. So right now, as I called him in the video, they're booty buddies. So, huh. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what they are, they're booty buddies. So from that perspective. I'm yeah. going to use that word now. I'll be like, yeah, you know, they're booty buddies. Well, I mean, the funny thing is that's that's a turn that me and my uh, me and my friends growing up used to always say people who just who were just unnecessarily close as friends. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. I see over there, you and your little booty buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, for the most part, that's kind of the long and short of everything that's going on with that. And of course, he went up there and spouted the same talking points as everyone else, talking about you're more likely to die with a gun in your house and so forth and so on. And I destroyed that argument a long time ago. So I put a clip from when I explicitly broke down that particular argument in the video as well, so. Nice. And then for people who want to watch this video, it's up on your YouTube channel? It will be. It's not up there yet, though. It will be when this video comes out, when my podcast comes out on Monday. Yes, it should be. Unless something goes wrong with the approval process on on YouTube or something. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, which, I mean, let's face it, anything could go wrong. I mean, even (laughs) now, what listeners don't realize is I record this show on two different devices. One failed me. Luckily, Mm -hmm. I have my backup device. But I'm like, it's just never a dull moment. Everything goes wrong. Mm -hmm. January has been amazing. 2022. It's been freaking great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so moving forward, Manicore Arms. If you guys have the CZ Bren 2 or the 805, definitely head over to Manicore Arms. Check out their upgrades for it. Right now, all of their CZ Bren parts are on sale for 50% off. Once they're gone, they're gone. They're trying to clear out some inventory. They have the Picatinny mounting block, which is easy to install, lets you use any Picatinny stock or brace on the Bren 2 for only $49.99. For the Bren 805, there's the M-Lock 4N to mount your accessories and provide a more comfortable 4N than the factory version. It's also more rugged aluminum and is only 0.7 ounces heavier than the factory version. These are on sale right now for $39.95. And then don't forget the safety selectors for the 805-2, which are on sale for $14.95. Definitely check that out. That's manacorearms.com. Also on top of that, use your code AVAROCKS15. All one word gets you 15% off. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's Q&A is, how can I meet a woman like you? I'm assuming this question's not for you. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I kind of hope you don't meet a woman like me because they, they will destroy your ego. They will like eat you alive. <laughs> I feel bad for men who come in my path. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. All is fair love and war. Actually, it was funny. The other day I went to the grocery store. Well, not the grocery store, the uh, convenience store. I was, I, uh, I was on my way to go to a meeting and I felt super nauseous. And I don't know why. I just like felt sick. And it was like 10 a.m. And I was like, oh, maybe I just need ginger ale. They do not sell ginger ale at any of the stores nowadays. Like you have to go to a grocery store to get ginger ale, but like if you're going to like a 7-Eleven or any convenience store now, because this is not the first mm-hmm. time that I've looked for ginger ale. They don't even have Sprite half the time. And then I settle for a Coke and then I'm like, oh, I should probably eat something. And then I get like donuts or something. 
So it's like a total, like just junk meal. And I feel like trash because it's 10 AM and I'm like, yeah, soda and some donuts. And (laughs) there's two ladies at the register and they were like, Oh, don't mind us. We're just complaining about men. And I was like, yeah, don't ask me. I was like, I'm 35 and never been married. And I'm eating this shit for breakfast. I don't know. And they're just like, yeah, you go girl. I'm like, yeah, I felt like, you know, I'm not an adult. <laughs> I don't know. Don't but if you, marriage is overrated. Oh God, it's everything. Yeah. And it's either, if you want a career and you want a relationship, you just can't have both. Just doesn't work. I mean, no, you have a relationship. <laughs> just, I, as I, I've had this conversation before. I'm going to say it again. I'll say it here. I tell women all the time, you can be whatever you want. You can have a major career. You can, go to the moon and back and do all that stuff. And you can also have a family and have kids and a husband. Problem is you're going to suck at one of them. So you're either yeah. going to be great in your career and be a shitty mother and a shitty wife, or you're going to be a great mother and a, yeah. and a beautiful wife and you're going to suck at your job. Yeah. So, it's really hard to do both. I know. So, That's exactly Honestly, before you were even going to say that, I was like, let's face it, either your career is going well or your personal life is great. But you don't have both. Pretty much. I mean, your personal life could be going great from the standpoint of just, you know, living life. You may not have a familiar personal life that's going great. But yeah. like me, my personal life, I love it. But then again, I don't have any kids and I'm not married, nor am I in a relationship. So yeah. there's that. That is true. But okay, so to answer this question, so I would say if you want like a gun girl. I mean, I would say the range is maybe a decent place to meet somebody or one thing. So when I had Pino and Pistols on, she said that she had like, it wasn't Tinder, but it was, or maybe it was Bumble. It was like one of those dating websites app things. But she said that she put like some subtleties of like liking guns, which I kind of liked that. So that way they know, like if you were to wear a shirt, you know, that kind of, you know, maybe said 2A or something, or I don't know. I would assume that that would be a good way to meet somebody that was into guns. Because the last thing you want to do is like meet somebody who's like totally anti-gun. You're like, okay, cool. Although I don't know, maybe that would work out too. Opposites do attract. And maybe then eventually you can change their mind. But I don't know, where would you say like would be, or maybe a gun store, but then you're assuming that there's going to be like single women at the gun store. Honestly, I mean, at least in my experience, I don't give a fuck. So <laughs> that is the greatest <laughs> advice ever. <laughs> well, what I'm getting at is but like, dating, like, dating advice they, from yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm getting at is you'll know immediately that I'm in the fire. Plain and simple. It is what it I is. I don't know. Happens. Would you though? Because you, I mean, yeah. think about it. Like when you go out, you're not wearing gun related shirts. You're not wearing your hat. No, I make it a point to let it be known to some degree. I don't walk up and like, hey, I'm in the guns with you. But you're going to know. I'm not going to hide. And to be honest with you, as far as whether or not the person who I may or may not be dealing with is in the guns, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so Because at the, at the end of the day, I'm going to continue to be. If they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. It's kind of hard to seek it out, largely because there is such a kind of taboo about it. So it's going to be a little difficult to kind of go somewhere where you know there's going to be people who are kind of pro unless you're like, hey, I'm going to go to like mainly conservative places where I know there are going to be people who are more conservative. Then, yeah, your percentage is going to be a lot higher. But I've met a lot of girls who are more on the left side and they were in the firearms just as much as people I know who are on the right side. Yeah. So 
it's kind of one of those, and I've been surprised before. I've been surprised. I'm like, I know this girl's fucking anti. And this hype was getting late. Now you start to see the girls come off. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was surprised, thoroughly surprised that they were absolutely pro. And so as far as finding it, it's, it's tough because it's one of those things that people aren't really allowed to wear on their sleeve without mm-hmm. being judged to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So, but if you must, if you must, right? In Texas, I think the arrogance you're hearing from me regarding like not really giving a fuck, I live in Texas. So it's not very often I run into people who are extremely anti. Yeah, Versus somebody who, you know what I mean? Versus someone who lives, say, I don't know, more on the East Coast or on the West yeah. Coast. You're going to run into it a little bit more. But even in my dealings in those spaces, I think a lot of it has to do with, even if you run into people who don't, like if you run into a girl who's not really into it, a lot of it is how you kind of honestly talk about it, mm-hmm. right? So if I run into a girl who's anti, I'm not really lecturing her. I'm almost asking questions as if the fact that you're not into guns is very intriguing. Like, why is that? That yeah. kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to convince her to be into guns. I'm like, almost low-key, like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Why yeah, exactly. You? So that's the she <laughs> questions that... Yeah. That's actually pretty smart. Yeah. So that's that. That's my take. But then again, like I said, I'm single, no kids. And <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how much people want to take my advice on that too. I know. I was just thinking that. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just not really the person right now that you'd want to ask. I don't know. <laughs> I'm building this big house and I'm going to be living alone. <gasps> it's okay. Huh? All right. Tack to talk. Tack to talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Lots of new guns coming to the market that are chambered in 5.7 by 28. The last two years, we've seen a resurgence of the 5.7 by 28 cartridge. There's obviously the P90, the FN 5.7. Then what was it? The Ruger 5.7 that came out, the Diamondback DBX, CMMG Banshee, all chambered in 5.7. And then this year, Palmetto State Armory actually announced the PSA Rock, which I didn't have a chance to check out. I did kind of sort of peruse by their booth kind of quickly, but did not even notice that they came out with this. And I wouldn't mind getting my hands on one. So it uses the Ruger 5.7 compatible mags, though it won't use factory Ruger mags because it has a longer grip and a standard mag capacity of 23 rounds, which is awesome. Unlike the Ruger, the Rock is a striker fire pistol, and it's going to be even more affordable. The base model, this is kind of what gets me. Base model is $499, and then the optic-ready version with a threaded barrel is only $550, which is pretty freaking affordable for a 5.7. And honestly, I like the round. I think if shit hits the fan, like the P90 was always like kind of my go-to gun because it holds 50 rounds. Mm-hmm. It's light. I mean, for years, like people used to ask me like, hey, what are some of my go-to guns? And what people don't realize is like, let's say they're, you know, hoarding all this ammo, but unless you're going to stay in your house, which you may or may not, you might be on fight. How much ammo are you really going to be able to bring with you? That's why I like the five, seven, because it's lightweight and yet it is a pretty deadly round. Yeah. I have a P90, TS90 or whatever the fuck it is, video that I've been sitting on for a while because I'm afraid to release it because I'm wax poetic about it so much. And I'm like, people are going to think I'm lying. <laughs> yeah. Um, that kind of freaking awesome. It uh, kind of, and I mean, it is. Actually, if you think about it, there's not really that many guns that have come out since then. I mean, even the way that the magazines load, yep. the whole way that the gun is just created is pretty, I, I mean, it. for its time, it, they did a pretty good job. Yeah, I freaking love it. 
And then I guess Caltech showed off a P50 with a carbine kit to turn it legally into a rifle as well as adapters to use with a brace or a stock if you want to SBR it. And then apparently Federal and Spear have ramped up production of 5.7 ammo to meet the increased demand. So it looks like 5.7 is going to be sticking around, which I'm not upset about it. Like I said, I like the round. GSM Outdoors. you want to get into archery, you need to check out the products from True Glow. They have a ton of great stuff for archery, including arrow rests, broadheads for hunting, quivers, all kinds of stuff. Their fiber optic bow sights are great too. They work just like fiber optic sights for the firearm so that you have nice bright aiming pin for different yardages. And for firearms, definitely check out their different sights. They have the tritium and fiber optic sights, which work great for night sights as well as being bright in the day. Check these out at trueglow.com. And remember, just like all the GSM Outdoor brands, use the code GUNFUNNY20, all one word, and that's going to get you 20% off. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. Today's AF segment. So this is kind of funny. I don't know if you realize, but China like censors everything. And there's like so no. much stuff that you can't, yeah, believe it or not. And there's so much stuff that you can't search for on the internet. And that's why like people who go overseas to China, like it kind of sucks. But anyway, so Chinese censors have decided to rewrite the ending of the 1999 movie Fight Club. Spoiler, if you haven't seen it in the last 23 years, the ending of Fight Club originally shows Edward Norton's character killing the imaginary alter ego and then bombs multiple buildings as part of a plan to destroy consumerism by erasing debt records. The chaotic ending and the fact that the government couldn't stop, it didn't pass China's strict censorship rule, so they made a revision. It's unknown when this change was made, but it was reported this week that the cult classic now available on Chinese streaming platforms has a different ending. It now cuts before the explosions and ends with a caption, quote, through the clue provided by Tyler, the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all the criminals, successfully preventing the bomb from exploding. After the trial, Tyler was sent to lunatic asylum, receiving psychological treatment. He was discharged from the hospital in 2012. Like, what the hell? Like, imagine watching this and then that was, okay, it ends. And then there's just the writing. Basically, the idea that the government doesn't always win apparently isn't something intolerable in China. (laughs) I know. I can't even. I would be so mad. Apparently, the same streaming service recently aired Game of Thrones, and it was censored so heavily that viewers complained that it was turning into a boring, quote, European castle documentary. Isn't that nuts? It's hilariously nuts. It's so hilarious. Was sent to a lunatic asylum. Like, you kind of can't help but read it because it doesn't translate well, you know, from like Chinese to English, but... Yeah. Is there no word for lunatic asylum in China? Uh, you can't help but sort of, yeah, it was sent to, it, it wasn't even a, it was sent to lunatic asylum receiving psychological treatment. <laughs> oh, this is hilarious. Um, yeah. Oh, All right. Hilarious. Now it's time for iTunes reviews. I want you to pick the winner, whoever you think wrote the best review, either the first or the second. First review is Muddy Rice titled New Favorite Five Stars. 
It's the first gun podcast I found that allows me to stay awake. My wife and I have been needing to get our CCW permit here in Colorado. This keeps me reminded to try and call. First gun podcast. I wonder if they've listened to uh, one of my competitors. Probably fell asleep. Coleon. No. (laughs) (laughs) I probably did. Only have like five episodes. (laughs) Second is Galil Gates, titled Based. Five stars. It's not bad at all. Enjoyable to listen to, especially as an IWI fanboy. It's entertaining and the guests are on point. Would be dope to hear some more identifiable folks in the industry in the future. My only critique would be the intro transitions and audience laughter in the background. It could be toned down to a shorter guitar or piano riff with a simple, and now for the insert topic here by the moderator. I think the words speak for themselves when you have a podcaster like Rogan enter with characteristic, hello friends, but that's just one man's opinion and I'm not a podcaster. Uh, I mean, at least he revived himself with the ending by saying, you know, it's just his opinion and he's not a podcaster. Yeah. You got to understand, I'm fatigued with those. With criticism? I know. Oh God. And the thing is, I try to be open-minded but after a certain point, it comes off. Sometimes it's just coming off as so pompous. Mm-hmm. I can't really explain it, but it's like I'm trying to read because I I want to you know put together a good quality product that people like. But yeah. at the same time, sometimes I wonder, are you just saying something so you can say something? I know, right? Well, and then do you ever get pissed off because you just wasted your time reading the criticism and you're like, okay, well, I don't, I can't even wrap my head around that. Thank you for wasting my time reading that. Moving forward. All the time. Although Galil Gates, this guy, he wasn't mean about it. It was whatever. I mean, if you don't like the show intros, I don't really like the intros that much either, but they just haven't changed because I don't know. And then the audience laughter. I mean, hello. Otherwise, I'm sitting here talking to myself. And if nobody's laughing, then it's awkward. Right? Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> as it's awkward. Hello. <laughs> Listen, I don't think the audience laughter has been included that many times, if we're being honest, but still. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, you know, people have their opinions. He wasn't being an ass, yeah. you know, but I think, like I said, I'm sensitive to those because it's like I get every minute. Like, because I try to read the comments just so I can stay close to my audience, but in doing so, you have to read those too. And so mm-hmm. it's, sometimes it just it weighs on you. Yeah. I feel like you're going to pick the first reviewer as the winner, but I'm just going to say we're going to make both of these people a winner because I'm not afraid of constructive criticism. No, I actually think the second one was the best review. Oh, okay. (laughs) I didn't say a bad review. I just, I like I said, I mean, I'm exhausted of those types of reviews. Yeah. But I mean, he spelled out his likes and his dislikes and he, you know, he provided an example of what he thought maybe would work. So I can't hate him for that, but I'm still kind of like, uh. Yeah. But I know. I, I, I'm going to go with the second. Well, I'll just go with both since I already said both. But it's interesting because I would love for a lot of these people to put themselves in our shoes. And I'm just like, man, if you guys had any idea, I'm actually to the point where I feel like my skin has gotten so thick with like criticism and people you know, saying things, which I'm not saying that I get bad things said about me all the time, actually. It's genuinely like 99% good, but it almost worries me how much I don't care anymore. Um, I mean, it kind of comes with territory. Yeah. Um, I think you almost have to, if you're going to survive longer, otherwise you're just going to have a breakdown. True. I don't know. 
All right, time to wrap up. So guys, if you like the show and you would like to contribute, consider becoming a Patreon. You can do so by going to gunfunny.com. Click on the support the show link. I also have my own Patreon that's not Patreon. Just so you know, I thought about it first. But there's not really a lot of exclusive... I mean, you get access to the Facebook-only group, which is pretty cool, and and that's about it. There's not really a lot of bells and whistles. Sorry, but I don't really have time. (laughs) But I do put out a podcast every week, so there's that. Also, Blown Deadline, he's giving away a $300 gift certificate every month to a lucky Patreon, so there is that plus. I want to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, and Melissa Ridings. King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. And Colian, thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy, so I do really appreciate you making the time. And uh, can you just remind people once again where they can follow you on social media? Yep, I'm on the big three. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for sure. I'm also on Twitter. I'm also on Gab. Of course, there's shop.mrcoleonthewar.com. There's also mrcoleonthewar.com as well. All right, cool. And on that note, I'm going to go eat dinner because I've been starving the last like three hours because somebody kept pushing the show off. Yeah, I'm not going to point fingers though. I know. I'm not going to point fingers. It's all right. (laughs) All right, guys, I'm out of here. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.